Welcome to another episode of the SCM Podcast. Jack and Zach are back with Tom Carlton today. Tom, how are you doing? Pretty good, thanks. Just nervous, but I'm good, yeah. Good. Where are you calling from? Calling from Chilliwack, British Columbia. It's about an hour or so outside Vancouver. Very good. Nice. All right. Well, I think you're familiar with our format. We talk about how you ended up in Scotland got the call if there's any story behind that and then we skip over the mission because we want to know what you've been up to since you got back and then we'll go back and reminisce so if you want to start us out with how you got the call yeah sure well i was i was brought up in the church my parents and grandparents were members of the church but my dad was a non-member well he kind of i was two years old he kind of left my mom and then he got excommunicated so I got brought up with my stepdad, but he was also a good example of a church member. Both my parents went on missions. My mum served in Little Rock, Arkansas. She said that was pretty interesting. And uh, <laughs> she, she, didn't, she didn't have the most positive stories all the time about it, but um, she still was good. And then my dad went to London South. Um, and when I got my call initially, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I just, my mum got the letter one morning and just brought it up. I was still in bed. I just opened the letter there and then and I, when I saw Scotland, I was like, ooh. And I kind of went back to sleep thinking, you know, I was hoping it's something a bit more exotic than Scotland, maybe, you know. My best friend was in the south of France and my other friend went to Canada and all that stuff. But I guess uh, Scotland it was. But I learned to kind of uh, eventually learn to love it. But that was my initial reaction. What was the timing? Um, I think I got my call probably April, I think, maybe. And then had a few months and then I left in August. So I was, I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Okay. I was, at that time I was working, I'd already finished like high school and everything. So I was uh, working for a year for Leeds City Council before I started my mission to save up for it. I was doing admin and things like that, so. That was right. also interesting. Work, working in an office full of ladies, that was a good preparation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So skip back now. Since you've been home, what have you been up to? Well, uh, briefly, before my mission, like a few months before I went, we, I visited Canada. Me and my best friend came to visit my now wife's family. I wasn't dating or anything at the time, but we... Um, we visited them just because we thought Canada would be a cool place. We wanted to go to Whistler skiing and stuff like that. And so we visited them. And, you know, I thought she was pretty cute and stuff. But we nothing ever happened. We never dated. And then that's like a, a year after my mission finished, I moved to Canada to get married to Melissa, the same lady I went to visit at that time. So that was uh, that's what happened. I was I wanted to be a dentist. So I was studying at Leeds University straight after my mission. I kind of got home in August, went straight to university in September. But then we got in touch with Melissa. She started messaging me. We, things got serious pretty quick. And then I pretty much, she, I got a visa, like a working holiday visa to move to Canada. I got that. And then we got married a few months after I moved out. Um, she sponsored me on the spouse visa. And so now I'm Canadian citizen after a few years. I've been here like since 2011. So been here quite a while. We've got four you, kids now. We've got Lily, Abby, Harry, and Molly, ranging from 10 to two years old, the youngest. And um, 
What else? Yeah. I love You're not Canada. a dentist, though. No, I'm not a dentist. That's right. I did want to be a dentist because of all the money, but then I found something else that was pretty lucrative, so I was pretty pretty lucky about that. I uh, got into online the world of online ads. Kind of, Have you heard of arbitrage is where we, I buy traffic and then I re- I kind of forward it on and get paid for the, the clicks on the other side. And I've been doing that for over 10 years now. Okay. Nice. Great. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's go back then to August when you entered the MTC and just roll forward. You can go through areas, yeah. companions, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so I got called. And obviously the MTC is pretty close to my house. It was like 45 minutes from my house. So it wasn't very far. One of the reasons why I was like, you know, not a bit disappointed. So I, I, thought, the, I thought the MTC was a um, good experience. I took it really, pretty seriously. Um, one, one main memory I have of the MTC was when we were practicing, you know, teaching each other and stuff. They gave us a challenge to go out with our companions and try and find somebody to speak to on near the temple on the temple grounds. And I remember being really nervous again to do that. And we found like it was a member of the church, obviously, they'd walking around the temple and I tried speaking to them and I was just like made a real mess of it. And I feel I felt pretty embarrassed. And I was like, started to doubt myself. I was thinking, if I can't even speak to a member of the church who's receptive, <laughs> um, how am I going to do it to these people in Scotland that are obviously probably not going to be as uh, welcoming them and things? So that got me a little bit worried. And so when we went into the temple to do a session, I remember praying pretty hard in the celestial room at the end, like, I need some, I need a lot of help here, Heavenly Father, to uh, do this missionary work. I'm not very good at speaking. Uh, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I need, I need, I need some help. And I was, I committed to just work really hard and try and be as obedient as I could and hoping that. Heavenly Father had helped me and blessed me, and I felt like um, I got the chance to kind of do that pretty quickly when you first arrive in Scotland. So that was the main memory I had from the MTC. Who was in the MTC with you? It was a pretty big group, actually. There's like uh, there's no sisters in our group, so there's too many el- oh, wow. there's too many elders to fit in the the elder side of the dormitories or whatever. So we all, I was in actually in the sister's dormitories because, you know, to fit us all in. Um, so there was, there was Elder Salitos. One, I served with him. He's one of my favorites. Elder Brophy from Ireland. There was um, Elder Fox. Elder Warby. There's a bunch of them. So, yeah. Elder Hawkins from England, Elder Shenton, I think his younger brother, you already spoke to Elder Shenton, right? But uh, his younger brother was in my group with me as well. Okay. Actually, that was a funny memory. When we first arrived, me and him arrived at a similar time, and as our families were saying goodbye, it was pretty funny. We were all kind of, he was, he's a really, um, really friendly guy, and we just got chatting. It kind of helped break the ice and, you know, make everybody less nervous. It was pretty, that was a nice memory. But, uh, all right, so take us to Scotland now. So um, you get to Scotland, and when you arrived, that was uh, kind of like a few of the other guys, like Craig and people have mentioned. It was a little bit of a culture shock. I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be so serious and intense, you know, like initially you know, when the uh, APs picked you up. Um, but I guess I, I kind of accepted it, but it felt a little bit, 
uh, just different to what I was expecting. And they were pretty like oh, challenging us and checking that we were all our, you know, dress was perfect, that our ties were the right length and everything, and our hair, hair was all smart. Um, I usually got in trouble. It looked like I hadn't shaved because I've got pretty dark hair. And even when I shave, you can see my, you can always see my, you know, I shaved my neck this morning, you can still see it. But um, <laughs> so stuff like that. And I just remember laying on the uh, floor of that room upstairs in the mission home on the evening. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, what's what's happening here? So, But uh, apart from that, that was, uh, I think it was, who was the, um, I can't remember. But I just remember that I got assigned to serve in Dumbarton in the Glasgow zone. And my trainer was Ad Levitt from Gunlock, Utah. I don't know if you've had him on your or anything, but he was a great uh, yeah. trainer. He was very, um, very dedicated and great example. So I had a great start to, in that regard. And the start of uh, the first day, the zone leaders drove us out to Glasgow. And I, 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 we, we whitewashed a new area. The elders were at the time in, in Dunbar. And so the zone leaders had been the ones covering it beforehand. And they took us straight to a member's house. Sister Yvonne Towie, I don't know if you've heard of her before, but she uh, she kind of ran <clears throat> a certain part of uh, Dumbarton. She was a fairly recent convert, and she was excellent. So that was kind of that was um, Tyson Bear and uh, Ryan Blake, I think they were my zone leaders. I kind of really looked up to those guys. I thought they were awesome. <laughs> Pretty intense still, but I uh, I kind of just got used to it, and I kind of thought that was the way it was at the time. So. Um, <laughs> I do remember I do remember getting a bit in trouble with them once near the beginning. Um, Yvonne liked us to come over quite often, and if we didn't go every day to see her, uh, she kind of got a bit upset. And there's only there's I think I mentioned something to her saying, Oh, we can't come over all the time, you know. There's only there's said we we you know we need to be you know doing other stuff, we can't see you every day or whatever. And I should I guess it upset her, and then she called them, and then they had to come over and Oh, you need to be more tactful in how you speak to members, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, sorry. <clears throat> but, and, then, and they got like the Red James. They opened up the New Testament and were reading, for, like tell them explaining to me how I, I had to bridle my tongue and things. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, one memory I've got right at the beginning, right in the first week. Um, but similarly, uh, I thought I had an excellent start because um, President Frederick always kind of his, his main message I remember was member work, member work, member work. We like the last resort was to knock on doors and go find it yourself. He said always to go visit members. So we always went around visiting near the less and stuff, but we went to Sister Towie's because she always had like friends and she was, she, she was incredible. She invited friends over when we'd teach them. And I think I used, I taught probably five lessons to different people within my first few weeks, just in our home with different people, and we ended up wow. baptizing one of our friends pretty 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 soon as soon as we got there. Um, and a, a really powerful me um, memory I have in her home was when we we were showing her the um, the DVD for the first vision, and then also the Finding Faith in Christ. And I just remember we were all just in tears, and I was just it was um, just an incredible moment, just feeling that the spirit and how everybody, the, the members were helping the friends and the friends were obviously feeling feeling the spirit. And I, I just thought that was the normal way missionary work was done. Um, obviously, that was probably the last time I had a member that 
uh, helpful. <laughs> but it was a good start to try and uh, look after. But yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was Dumbarton. One other, one last memory I have of Dumbarton was, well, most of most of the areas in Scotland I served in were pretty rough. You know, most of them were kind of large portions of it were council estates. I'm sure you can, if you served in Glasgow, you probably experienced the same thing. Um, and so we, oftentimes we had, you know, questionable characters we were teaching. And one guy, he must have been a drug dealer or something. We'd, we'd been teaching him, but then he kind of kept on avoiding us. And we bumped into him one evening and he was like, you know, he was like, oh, embarrassed or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know, trying to explain why he didn't see us. And then he dropped something on the floor. He was hiding in his jacket and we looked down and he dropped a gun on the floor. And we we're like, oh, boy, this oh is my goodness. <laughs> so I was like, oh, boy. We didn't teach him anymore after that, but I just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think guns were a big thing in Scotland. It was probably knives and stuff, but, uh, but I do remember that. Man, um, after after that, after being, I think I was with my trainer for two or three transfers. After that, I got called to be a district leader in Paisley, but it wasn't like a simple call. I was put with a guy that was the the district leader in the area beforehand, so we'd. He, I was serving with the district leader. I was like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> I was like, uh, I want, he's not going to be my biggest fan. But I uh, got along well with him, I thought. He's called Waylon Grantham. I think he's from Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, uh, he, was not the, he was definitely not the typical Utah missionary I was used to. He was a bit more streetwise. I don't know. You know, less, not, not as polished. And I kind of liked that about him. He was pretty genuine and he related to people real well. Um, he related to people so well, though, that one of the people we were teaching, apparently, um, he felt, I think, well, I didn't feel this way, but he felt that she was attracted to women. So he called the mission president and asked to be moved. I don't know if he just wanted to get out of the area or not, but (laughs) But she was, uh, she was actually a drug addict and she was, she was always doing these twitches. Maybe he thought she was winking at him or something, but, uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) if you're listening, Grantham, come on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, um, at that time, my zone leaders were pretty crazy as well. Um, Sean Wake, you probably, he told me you, you, you've you met to have had a few appointments with him and he keeps probably not showing up. Is that right? <laughs> yes, we can yeah, confirm so, that that is the truth. We're still working on it. Yeah, well, me, I hope you eventually get on him. He's, it'd be very interesting to speak to, but me and Sean, we're actually related through marriage. He's my, wa- he's my wife's cousin through marriage. So that's kind of funny now. Oh, nice. but it's a small world. He was a pretty extreme zone leader. <laughs> He's got a big reputation throughout the mission. Um, and I, th- I think I heard in a few po- podcasts previous where, you know, we got to report numbers like five times a day almost. That was, I was in that, that was, I was thrown into that right at the beginning. And I was just like, what's going on here? This is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> like we're waiting at a bus stop. And I'm just like trying to phone all my, all the, all the missionaries in the, the district. So I then can report. How many new investigators you got? How many people have you stopped? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, it's only been an hour since the last call and nothing. But, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> gosh. So that was, uh, it didn't last forever, but when it was happening, it, I just remember thinking, this is, this is over the top. It's a bit of a waste of time. Um, but I do remember just feeling a little bit stressed of initially being a district leader. It was, uh, it wasn't, although it was a bit easier because Whalen was the previous district leader. So it's not like I had like a green or anything I was serving with. So, 
Hmm. But that, that's one memory. The the lady we were baptized though, she was um she was on methadone. You know, I don't know if we would probably baptize them this day and age, but we were. I remember we took her to a member's house for a lesson once, and she just got a prescription, and we showed up, and then at the dinner table, she was like falling asleep. Oh, well, it looked like it, but she was tripping out, and that was embarrassing. Uh, and wow. then the day before a baptism, we were checking in. I forgot about this. Did you do daily contact with your investigators, Beth, when you were on your mission? I I did. Okay, well, if daily, I, yeah, if you, yeah. If you don't contact them every day, you know the devil will. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, we were doing our daily contact the day before. This lady was about to, about to be baptized. And we knock on her door, and she opens it, and she's just, like, in tears. And she's in a, having a panic attack, and there's just blood everywhere around her house. And apparently there'd been a knife fight. Some some people had been stabbed in her house. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, oh, and nice. so uh, she was a bit freaked out. So we, I was like, okay, she's maybe she won't get baptized tomorrow. There's a lot going on here, right? And I reported it to the, Sean, my zone leader. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean she's not getting baptized tomorrow? I was like... Did you, hello, did you not just hear what I've just told you? But um, <laughs> she did get she got baptized the week after. But you know, I wasn't in the good books wow. with the only did because of that. Um, but yeah, that wasn't. I felt like I was kind of a lot. The people we were teaching off times were just kind of people that were struggling and had a lot of challenges, and it felt like. I don't know, long term, they didn't have a lot of a big chance of staying active, if you know what I mean, right? And so yeah. the, that's the probably 80% of my, the people that I baptized with uh, my companions were probably in that category. There's a few awesome ones that I remember. But yeah, so that was uh, my memory of Paisley. And when I got called to leave, I went to, um, <clears throat> I, had, I had two other companions, I think. Well, I had Elder Hensley after that. He's also from Washington, I think. So, and then, uh, and then, oh, then I got called to Perth, and that was after serving in Dumbarton and then Paisley. Going to Perth was just like it was like the celestial kingdom. It was so beautiful. It was the countryside. There was beautiful mountains. I wasn't in the inner city. I just it was the best place I've ever been. I, I wasn't a, a district leader anymore. I don't think for a little while. And it was just oh, it was beautiful. And I was serving with um, who was probably one of my favorite companions as well, Elder Troy Salitos. I would recommend getting him on. He's awesome. He's from California, and he, I think he currently works as a contractor for the NSA or something crazy like that. He's a smart guy. Um, but, yeah, I really had uh, – I loved um, – I loved Perth. That was easily my favorite area. Um, one of the cool things about Perth is there was a member called Cliff. He was from England, but he lived up in Scotland. And he used to actually go out knocking doors himself on his own, and then he'd give us referrals of people that would be interested. Oh, and, wow. He's like a, a Mormon Jehovah Witness or something. And <laughs> wow. It was incredible, yeah, because um, we went visiting the members and then we just got sweet, nice referrals from uh, Cliff. And we baptized two of the people that he found at Darnockin. So that was awesome. And one of the guys that we were teaching from him was like an eight year old guy called Tom Rutter. He was a fisherman. It was pretty hard to teach him because. Every every tense you you let him, he'd, he'd tell you the five minute story about fishing and, and uh, being on the being in the ocean with with there's a huge storm. And when he was like, you know, he was on the ship. His favorite line he used to repeat this over and over. But he was like, I was off the coast of Kinloch Murphy, uh, two miles offshore, and I had you know these big waves, and I had atheists kneeling at my feet. <laughs> 
It's like, there's no such thing as a, an atheist out, out at sea. Um, yeah, and he used to have this, he used to have this super old Bible that, it, that his dad or whatever gave him over a hundred year old Bible. And he loved, used to sh love showing us that. But when he, when he, uh, we gave him the Book of Mormon, he kind of kept joking out that he didn't need the Bible anymore. That's the Book of Mormon's all he needed. But, you know, we tried to remind him, no, no, we, we still use the Bible, but he just loved the Book of Mormon. <laughs> um, so he, he's, I think, the only person I baptized that ended up staying active. And then he actually got endowed in the temple. And that was incredible to hear that. I, I loved hearing that. That's I think awesome. he's, he's, it was quite a while ago now. So he's, I found out that he's passed away, but. That's uh, and he got sealed to his wife. She'd already passed away as well when we were teaching him. So that's that's one of the good success stories. I like to to think I didn't just waste my time. You know. By the way, I know it's like uh, one of those paradoxes, isn't it? Going on a mission is um, it's not just about it's not just the people that you help. It's more about what you learn as yourself as lot. But you yeah. you uh, gain the most as you focus on everybody else, right? It's one of those. Um, but yeah, kind of like. I forgot to mention, but I've just been recently called fairly recently as an early morning seminary teacher, and I was really reluctant to take that call. And I was like, mm. I was like, my wife was next to me, and I probably wouldn't have said yes if she wasn't there. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's um, similar to that. Waking up early was never my strong suit, but I've, I just I always woke up. I, I was always trying to be obedient, so I never slept in or anything. But I just that was my least favorite thing about being a missionary: waking up early every day. Um, <laughs> That was tough. You're um, not the only one at all, Tom. I can assure you that. I know. I wish I was a morning person, but it's just—I don't know. It's just not my. It's just not my biology or whatever. Um, another cool story from Perth is, again, it was kind of a. I, I kind of this whole uh, culture thing of you know. The, there's only they seem to have a lot of power. That's what I noticed. You know, they seem to like be the gods of, the, you know, whatever it was, and you had to listen to everything they said. And I remember, they were they gave us like a challenge one day to invite everybody, somebody to be baptized on the street. I was like, oh, not this one again. You really, I don't think this is really appropriate, or whatever. But we, um, I remember that day we had a phone call. I said, okay, we'll do it. And by some crazy miracle, we stopped this young lady called Sarah Clark on the street. We had a nice little chat with her, and then we kind of phrased it in a soft way. It wasn't like a hard, but she, like, hey, if if you come to know these things are true that we're teaching you, will you get baptized or whatever, you know, something like that? And she ended up saying, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I think I would. And so we, we were like, whoa, look, we actually, uh, we actually did what that was leaders to ask us, and it happened. And then she actually got baptized um, a, few, a month or so later. So that was pretty a pretty cool example of following your leaders, uh, even though I kind of questioned it at first. If you do it, I guess, in the right way, not, you know, not in a crazy, uh, hey, will you be baptized straight away off the bat? It could work, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, when I uh, when I got asked to leave Perth, I was kind of pretty sad. It was right before Christmas and I got called. I'd been there quite a while. I had, let's have a look quickly. In Perth, I served with Elder Salitos, Elder Todd Yates, who sadly is not with us anymore. He passed away a few, a few years back. Um, then I had Elder Frank, Matthew Franklin, who was an English missionary. Elder Jensen. Uh, so I had, I had four companions. So it was one of my longest areas. Wow. Uh, but like, I got caught, I got asked to leave then. I went to Kilmarnock. You ever been there, guys? No. I've, I've been in the zone. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. But um, 
it's like uh that Kilman, I went from the longest area to my shortest area. I was I was on, thankfully only in Kilmarnock for six weeks, one transfer. I was with Dale Brimhall. He was an interesting guy. He um he used to have Campbell's soup for breakfast. A tin of Campbell's soup. <laughs> and he used to he used to eat it with like a, a big um, bread knife, like like he was doing karate or whatever, like spinning it around in his hands. I was like, careful, Aldo, I don't want to get but <laughs> um one silly thing that happened when we were in Kilmarnock, some members had a key to our apartment, whatever. And so when we'd been out all day, we came home, we got in and none of the lights were turning on. And then I was looking around and it, it looked like they'd made, they'd been into the apartment and then they'd, you know, like p- put pillows underneath our bed sheets and made it look like two people were in our beds or whatever. And then we went into the bathroom and there's a dead fish in the bath. Like a big, and I was like, "What is going on with this place? These crazy Scottish people!" In Kuma- but uh, <laughs> and they done screwed all the light bulbs, so none of the lights would turn off. Um, wow! So uh, <laughs> that was that, that. Yeah, that was a pretty elaborate um, prank the members played on us there, but they were nice enough. Um, but I just remember it being extremely cold. It was like the coldest winter. And it was just icy and snowy the whole time I was there. And I, I don't think I saw the roads without ice on them. And I was pretty relieved when I got asked to, uh, to leave uh, after that. But, but you know, it was okay still. I got along with all the people in my district. It was good. Hmm. Um, after that was when I got called to serve with Craig in Glasgow. As is only that was fun to go with Craig because I was a friend. We were friends before our mission. We used to go to dances and things together. He was in the adjoining stake his uncle was my stake president that called me and set me apart um so yeah oh. it was that was quite uh i really we we had fun he, craig ex- ex- shared some of the fun times we had um together we were sadly it was only six weeks again because then he got called to be the ap after that but um he told us the, the crazy stories of the car getting covered in poo that was disgusting <laughs> and um <laughs> That that was another area that was pretty rough. We were in down, you know, downtown Glasgow, all the high rise flats. There was Drum Chapel, Mary Hill, all that area. Um, so yeah, you had to be a little bit careful. We taught a few very questionable characters. I remember in those flats, we we were on the top floor almost of one of those buildings, and I don't know how we we were sat down with this guy, and he he's like, oh yeah, I've just got out of prison. And I was like, oh okay, uh, why what, what happened? And he was like, yeah, I raped somebody. I was like. Okay, we're leaving. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, lots of characters in Glasgow, that's for sure. And Craig did mention that the, the members in Glasgow, understandably, I think, a little bit. I can relate to them now, for sure. But but they weren't the biggest fans of the missionaries at that time. And I think it was because they were always bringing people from these kind of areas that were, you know, not necessarily, um, I don't know, just didn't seem either. I don't know how to word it, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> the, and I just remember meeting with the ward mission leader, and he always used to tell us, like, elders, you've got to s- stop doing this. And at the time, you know, it felt you trick. The culture of the mission was like, Every- you need to give everybody a chance. You know, blah, blah, blah. God loves everyone. But And, the, and then you've got the members saying, look, elders, can you uh, give us a break a little bit here? But um, <laughs> I think, um, and, you know, I think the culture of the mission was a little bit, it's kind of uh, ironic that the missionaries were kind of prideful. They think they they knew best, and I kind of see that. I think we should have probably they 
the line was all oh, we've got the keys for you know baptism and stuff and really it should be more of a, a joint effort with the members and i felt like it was a bit too one-sided perhaps and so that was uh, i think we had a good i i kind of took that um opportunity to kind of work with some of the members and i the um craig mentioned john gallagher he was a uh, father of the bishop of dumbarton but he'd been less active for a long time and we got in touch with him and he was such a funny guy we got along very well with him he started coming back to church and he used to always come up teaching with us and stuff and so that was really nice he used to make us some really nice uh food did you ever have like those scottish bread runs where they're almost black burned on the top I don't know if uh, that, I, don't, I, think, I, think I, would, I don't know i think that was more of a glasgow specialty but he, he always used to get those and he used to put like a Nice bacon or a square sausage in. I was that was also a new thing. I was like, "What's this square sausage?" I'm used to it and all that stuff. But he used to, he was uh, beautiful. I loved him. And he used to always make fun of me. Like, um, obviously, I've got a bit of a tan complexion. I'm quite Pakistani by genetics, and uh, he used to kind of make these funny jokes, you know. And I, th- I found it funny. I had a few members actually like that. I kind of uh, in the pain. <laughs> so I <thought> I was, <laughs> I went along with it. It was funny, but um, you mean racist? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I uh, I'm on the side of uh, I think racism is funny, you know. And, and if you're being nice about it, you know what I mean. But um, right, I'm not all. I'm not one of these uh, super woke guys. But I thought it was funny. But um, <laughs> racist. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Uh. Oh, and go on about DNA. When I was in Scotland, I had no idea that I was. Um, I had all this Scottish ancestry. I only found it afterwards. My mum did a bunch of ge- ge- genealogy. I had loads of Scottish ancestors, and I did that DNA swab test thing, and I'm actually 33% Scottish, and I'm only 20-something percent English, so I'm more Scottish than I'm English. Oh, wow. So, so I could have... Uh, I wish I knew that when I was in Scotland, so then I could have actually uh, maybe had a bit of a better chance to relate to them, because they don't really like English people, right? So yeah. um, <laughs> I was from... I can't remember if I mentioned earlier, but yeah, I'm from England, but I live in Canada now. But... um. Yeah. Um, so I did miss one story earlier. Sorry, I've got to mention this now. I'm jumping around a little bit, but I, in Perth, there was this guy called Stephen. We we got into the church, and he was definitely drunk, drunk at the time. And we this, the hymn was "Onward, Christian Soldiers." And Perth is only a small branch. There was probably ten members there. And so when you're singing the song, he started singing it like it was a football game, like. <laughs> oh, what a Christian song. I was just like, oh no. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that'd be a good football anthem right there. Yeah, it would be a great anthem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to love talking to, I just loved how passionate everybody was, of, you know, whether it was Rangers or Celtic. And one of the, one of the members gave me like a, a Rangers scarf once and I was wearing it on a P day once. And this guy came up to me and he was like, he got really serious. He was like, you better, you better not get this dirty. I was like, you know, keep it clean. I was like, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's just a, like a, it's like a religion, isn't it? There. Yeah, yeah. But sadly, the guy that we took to church that was singing "Normal Christian Soldiers," he got murdered like the week after that by uh, some drunk oh baseball baseball bats in the face. So that was, uh, even though Perth was my favorite area, there's still some rough areas, you know. Oh my goodness! Dang, <laughs> you said that so casually, Tom. <laughs> well, it was ten years ago, and now it's uh, something. But probably it's more than that. Goodness. But, but yeah, what this so we found out by this less active lady we used to go see. She was like, also, you know, the, uh, she knew everybody in town, and 
She's like, oh, yeah, Stephen's just, I was like, oh, wow. Well, sorry, I'm the last week. Wow. Um, Glasgow, oh, let me tell you a few. When I was in Glasgow, after Craig, I served with Elder Kevin Anthony. And Kevin Anthony, I haven't really been able to get in touch with him since my mission. I've, I've spoke to a few of my old companions, mainly Troy Salios. He came up to my wedding um, with <clears throat> another guy. What was he called? Oh, man. I can't remember. But, um, Kevin Anthony was an excellent musician, really good at singing. And so he was the only only missionary that when we went to do like a spiritual thought in a member's house, we'd sing a song. I'd, n- I'd never usually do this. You know, I'm, I'm okay at singing. Like I can maybe hold a tune, but I wouldn't be confident enough to do that. But I remember going to this uh, part member family. She, she was, I think, the release really present, but her hum- husband was a non-member. And we were in the kitchen and we were singing this song. And I looked over and I could see that this guy was feeling the spirit. It was like, it was echoing in the kitchen or whatever. And this, uh, Kevin was doing really good uh, harmony and stuff so that was a that was the memory i've got of kevin he was a nice guy after kevin i served with elder chung he was a pretty old guy chinese i think he's from no, sorry, taiwanese sorry and his dad was an area 70 i think and he was really really smart guy it'd be it'd be really interesting to get on him when i came out to my group he was him and elder ho another guy from hong kong they came out, and I think one served in Edinburgh most of the mission, and one served in Glasgow. And the two years I was there, they pretty much created two new branches. They baptized that many Chinese people when they were there. They were just wow. baptizing so many people. But he he'd been doing he'd been teaching Mandarin most of his mission. But then near the end, he was called to be a, like serve as a zone leader with me, and we were d- teaching in English. But obviously, we would still speak to lots of Chinese people at the same time. That was really cool to kind of I learned a bit of Chinese, and you, I'd used to stop people on the street. And then I'd say hello to them, and then that would be about it, and then he'd take over. <laughs> but, but I enjoyed serving with him. That was definitely quite unique compared to most of the other guys I speak, served with. Um, and I'd never retrained anybody my whole mission, and so I kind of requested to the assistants and the president at the end, like, come on, I need to have at least one chance to, to train before I finish my mission. Because um, I'd been in Glasgow quite a while at that time. And so for the, I think they felt sorry for me. And so in the last six weeks, they sent me up to Elgin and we whitewashed there and uh, I trained Elder Stewart. And he didn't really need training, to be honest. He was, he was incredible. Um, when we, when I first arrived, he wanted to wake up early and go on a, on a run because I think he just had like an injury. He would broke his, his leg and so he needed to strengthen it up a bit. So I was like, oh, okay, that's a good excuse. I guess I've got to actually go and do some real exercise. Um, and then he was just extremely sincere and really committed. And I just remember every time we stopped somebody on the street, he'd almost, when he bore his testimony, even on the street and things, he'd almost tear up and be, he was that sincere. And it was pretty impressive to see how, uh, how powerful his testimony was. Hmm. Um, and the best lady we were teaching in that last transfer was, it was somebody that wasn't actually in a council seat on drugs. It was amazing. She was a real, like a lady with a nice house. Um, <clears throat> she, you know, real, a real, she was pretty wealthy, whatever. And we, I just remember taking some of the members with us to teach her. And we had, when we taught her about um, baptism and how children are innocent, she really found that to be powerful because she'd lost some children and she'd kind of been under the impression that, you know, they, if they hadn't been baptized when the dot when they died, you know, they'd be 
damned or whatever. And so when we taught her that and read it from uh, Moroni, I just remember everybody was also, the, me- the member we were bringing was crying. She was testifying. And it was just, that was a really awesome um, cool. lady we were teaching. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's about it, guys. I think from my memories, let me have a double check. Or the Fredericks, they were your president the whole time? Sorry, oh yeah, so I can explain a little bit of the difference of culture and things because I had had President Frederick for the first pretty much half of my admission, the first 12 months, and he was, uh, I really really liked his approach, to be honest. I know lots of, he was a little bit, I don't think, I wish when you had him on, you'd have asked him a little bit more about this, if he knew about the stuff that his own leaders were doing, because I'm pretty sure they were taking it, you know, a bit too far. I can assure you he didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I loved I loved President Frederick. I loved how he was always kind of um, focusing on member work. And one of the key things of advice I remember him saying was, you just need, to, if you want to be successful in life and in business, and I was like, this guy's pretty successful. I should listen to this guy. And he's like, you just need to learn how to get along with everybody. Um, it's a good skill to have. So I was like, okay, that's a good idea. <clears throat> and I definitely, I put that on my resume or something. I was like, I can get along with everybody else. So I thought that was it. Um, <laughs> so President Frederick, I, I loved him. I loved that guy. Um, then Elder Griffiths, President Griffiths, I also, I, I won't lie, I did think he was a little bit softer at the beginning, but that was just, you know, I was just used to the old, old way, I guess, right? But I came to probably prefer that a little bit more the new culture or that culture a lot more than the old one for sure um i think some people like dave kane he, i i served around dave kane he, you yes you've had him on a while back he was one of the podcasts i love listening to um i didn't realize how hard of a time he kind of had with some of the things going on um i i didn't really have that as, cha- as challenging an experience as he is but i can definitely see how some personalities would struggle more than others for sure I'm kind of, I kind of just get along with it. And even though I thought some of the things were dumb, I was like, oh, whatever, that's, I'll just, you know, ignore that. Like, one, have you heard of this phrase? I thought this was really stupid, to be honest. <laughs> one of the, uh, the zone leaders at the beginning were like, if you don't have hair product in, you don't understand the atonement of Jesus Christ. I was like, that's stretching it a little bit, guys. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? <laughs> they, were, they were trying to make the point that, you know, you have to be exactly obedient. And if this was a rule and you weren't being it, then that means you don't understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, which, you know, whatever, bud. So that was one thing I can definitely see. <laughs> Have you not heard that one before? No. Would you like to call out the the zone leader that said it so that we can ask him where it came from? Well, yeah, you can, if you want. Yeah, I think that was uh, Tyson and Blake that were saying stuff like that. You know, um, I don't know where they got that from, but I just don't, I don't agree with it. But I still thought they were right. I, I still respected them, but that one particular thing I thought was a bit silly. But um, we're, we're going we'll, to we're gonna get them on the podcast now, and that is going to be <laughs> our main topic to start the podcast. All right, let's talk about this comment from Elder Carlton. Goodness. No, please don't ma- don't mention my name. Hopefully they will. Nobody will watch this far in the podcast. <laughs> nobody's going nobody's to watch this far, so they won't hear it. But um, <clears throat> You send us an email when they message you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I did find 
you know, at the time, I'm I'm a lot different now because I've lived in North America for so long. I'm used to the way that you guys are. But I remember it was definitely a big culture shock being English. And so when when some of these guys were speaking, you know, the they changed the voices when they were teaching and then go back to a different voice. I was like, what, what was that? I was like, <laughs> I was like why, are you, why are you talking in this way? A spiritual holy voice or whatever. I remember that being a thing. Um, oh, and uh, can I tell you one? Elder Bednar came and we had like a whole mission thing. We all met in Edinburgh once and I was sat near the back and he, Elder Bednar said this pretty cool thing I thought and I thought it was funny. I wrote it down in the journal. He was like, have you never had an opportunity when you're mid-lesson and you kind of, your mind wanders during the during the lesson, you know, and you kind of lose focus? Maybe you think about your girlfriend back home, whatever. And I was like, and he's like, if you haven't, you're a liar. I was like, and so I was like, oh, that's funny. You're a liar. I wrote that, I know, you're a liar if you if you don't do that. And then for some reason, he was like, he, he went on in another sentence. And so and then he pointed at me. I thought he was pointing near me. And he's like, what did I just say? And I was like, oh, you're a liar. <laughs> and then it was like dead silence. I was like, oh, he didn't mean that. That's not what he was looking for. And I was like, I was like oh, no, that's embarrassing. I've just uh, shouted out your lie to Elder Bedna. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully good. he's forgotten about that. And he, I, he he came to our stake actually a few years ago here, and he didn't he didn't mention. I shook his hand recently as well. So hopefully that's. Uh, <laughs> you're, that from, you're that lad from Scotland to call me a liar. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's amazing. As as on a whole, though, I just wanted to um, point out that some people might be you know, look back and a bit negatively on the missions. I definitely don't think that. I think it was a huge blessing in my life. Um, one of my old bishops growing up, I remember a comment he said was like, um, everything, he can look back and his, his mission was pretty much part of, like, blessed the rest of his life. And I, I can definitely see the same thing. It's definitely blessed the rest of my life, for sure. It gives you so many skills and your testimony um, grows. It was, I'm, I thought it was amazing. So, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anybody else you want to <laughs> shout out from the mission, whether you served with oh, them yeah. or not, that you'd like to, to get yeah, on? Yeah, I wrote here? I wrote a few different names down. So, uh, Elder Warby, Stephen Warby, he was in my group that came out. Served with him near the end in Elgin. He was my district leader up there. Troy Salitos, he's my one of my favorite companions. Craig will get upset if I don't mention him, so I can't say he's my favorite companion. But you know, sorry, Craig. <laughs> I like I like Troy. Um, Waylon Grantham would be interesting, definitely a different perspective. He's uh, atypical. Matthew Franklin would be cool. Um, he was like a 25-year-old guy, really pretty wealthy. He was like, he used to have $500 sh leather shoes from London. I was like, what the heck are you bringing? It's <laughs> like 500 pound shoes. But he had all these fancy Savile Row suits, so he would be cool to have. Mm -hmm. Elder Chung, the Chinese, and Elder Ho, those two would be really cool as well because they baptized a heck of a lot of people, a lot more than uh, the average people. And Elder Shenton's younger brother as well, Oliver Shenton, would be good to have as well. And then a guy that I didn't, Elder Fernandez Garcia, he was a Spanish guy, lives in Mallorca now. And Elder Brophy, the younger one, he came, he came out with me as well. So any of those guys I'd love to hear about, hear from. Great. Awesome. Did you want to talk about your experience in the transition from the Scotland Edinburgh mission to the Scotland Ireland mission briefly at the end of your mission as well, Tom? Oh yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, 
previously other people have probably mentioned we were we were we thought we were the best scotland you know we were super obedient super strict and we kind of wore that as a badge of honor to be honest i think maybe to our detriment uh president griffiths was probably trying to get it out of us a little bit but um i remember being in his only the conference when we when that when the merge happened and we had some of the irish zone leaders and the assistance of the president there and there's a little bit of tension a little bit you know like you could see <laughs> you know they were wearing pink ties you know they were seemed definitely a lot more casual than we were using slang language and you know we were we were probably had a moat in our eyes we judged them a little bit perhaps and uh, they were probably thinking who are these weirdos you know these extremists or whatever <clears throat> so that was an interesting kind of period of time i remember the ap coming from ireland or i think he got called was paul henry and he was from my home stake and so that was kind of weird where another guy that i knew from before my mission was there coming from ireland into the now the scotland ireland mission i guess yeah. um so that was uh it was just a bit of a transition period and i think it just probably a couple of months it took a while to iron some of the kinks out and get people used to that I forgot to mention my father, my uh, grandfather-in-law, my wife's granddad, was a mission president in Scotland, and he was my patriarch. He gave my patriarchal blessing, so that was kind of cool. That was a family connection oh. there. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Gordon Williams. But apart that's from that, neat. yeah. All right. That was a good rundown. Yeah. And we, I, we, I also had a girlfriend when I was out, and her parents were Scottish, and lived in England, but he had an office in Paisley, and he, every now and again he came up and he used to take me out for dinner. <laughs> and bring me like a care package, but that didn't go well. We uh, broke up a few weeks after I got home, and then I moved to switch to Canada, so... Hey, there, there you go. go. All right, well, we really appreciate you coming on, Tom, and reminiscing with us. This has been a blast. It's always good to talk to our brothers from Scotland that shared bond that we have, whether we're there at the same time or not, it's the same people, the same country that we love. So yeah. Really Did you think it. everybody uh, was called Paul when you first got to Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time with, with switching from what's up to all right. You all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought I was so stupid. It took me like a week to figure it out, but I thought when you got on a bus or whatever, Paul. everyone's like, Hey, why is it called Paul? Hey, you're right, Paul. But then it's like, how? I was like, oh, wow. I'm dumb. I couldn't figure that one out. But yeah, it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. But yeah, it was, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, guys. That was great. Yeah, Tom, we love you. We'll certainly talk See more you. soon. All right, cheerio. Cool. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Bye.